Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. The seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message, want their sins forgiven, And they receive it with, interestingly enough, joy. Wow, my sins are forgiven. It's terrific. Now watch what happens. But since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. In other words, it's an emotional experience. They never get in a Bible study. They never get to a small group. They never read their Bible. And so there's no faith ever produced. And pretty soon, that seed simply dries up. The purpose of our trials is this. Trials grow our faith, and strong faith eventually produces endurance. Pastor Mark likes to call it staying power. He explains it like this. As you mature in your faith in God, you're in it for the long haul. He says faith put into action becomes real and will prove itself, which in turn proves your salvation is real. It's a spiritual litmus test. If you pass the test, you come out stronger and spiritually mature instead of weak and barely breathing. Keep in mind, all things we go through aren't necessarily good. They just work towards our good. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 5, verse 10, with his continuing study entitled, Are Trials Really Good for Us? Lord, let us hear your lessons Not long ago, somebody sent me a great shirt, and I was going to wear it this morning, but we had communion, so I didn't wear it. It's my happy, happy, happy shirt. (laughs) Ducky Dynasty. How you like it, huh? I should have an iced tea right now. Just drink it. Happy, 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 happy. What is the difference? By the way, is is it bad to be happy? Some of you look like it's really bad to be happy. No, it's not bad to be happy. It's great. What is the difference between happiness, happy, 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 and joy? Happiness depends on what happens. It's the circumstances. If the circumstances are good, happy, happy, happy. Well, what is joy? Joy has nothing to do with the circumstances. Joy depends on God. Joy depends on God. So I want you to write. You'll see a definition that's here. it's, It's an amazing definition. Joy is a deep, settled confidence. In other words, when I'm right in the middle of the trial, I know that God's in control. And I know because God's good that something good's going to come out of it. So joy is a deep, settled confidence that God is in control of every aspect of our life. See this? It's regardless of what happens. It has nothing to do with what happens. Because I know that God is going to work out everything for good. Now when James was walking, not with Jesus, but knew Jesus, obviously he heard some of the teachings Jesus gave. And much of James 
kind of parallels the Sermon on the Mount. So turn in your Bibles to Matthew 5. Keep your finger right here. Keep your finger right here in James. We'll be right back. Turn to Matthew 5. Probably the greatest sermon Jesus ever preached was the Sermon on the Mount. Somehow James heard it. He understood it. And watch at many times during, during these next few months as we do James, I'll go back and show you how James was thinking. He heard the word of God. Look at Matthew 5, verse 10. Now, this is hard to take because it kind of goes against what we think. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you and falsely say all kinds of things of evil against you because of me. Now, look at verse 12. Joy. Rejoice and be glad. Because great is your reward in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. What Jesus is saying is this, there is no get free card, but if you will welcome this trial as a friend, you will understand eventually when you get to heaven, if your outlook is correct, you'll look back and go, okay, necessary. It was good in my life. So, James is going to explain to us the purpose and the outcome of these trials. Now, again, not the ones that I bring on myself because I disobey God. So go right back to James, where you were, you had your finger. Those of you watching online, look at this, verse 3. Because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Right beside the word perseverance in your Bible, write this word, endurance. I'll use that word more, endurance. You see, you notice James knows that our trials and our and the faith that we have are directly connected. We've already defined a trial. What is faith? See, the Bible in Hebrews chapter 11 says, I can't please God without faith. So what is faith? Here it is. Look, write the definition down. Complete confidence that God will do what he said. It's a complete confidence that God will do what he's promised in his word. So the more I read the word of God, the more I see the promises of God. And so when I begin to see that, I can understand that that is going to test my faith. And I just have to go back to believe the promise of God. Now, understand that sounds very similar to joy. Faith is based in what God said. Joy is, is based in what we know God is. He's good. It, it's going to be good for us. So again, it all goes back to God. Now, eventually, you, almost every one of you, will eventually have a stress test. How many have already, in our campuses, have already had a, a heart stress test? Okay, good. See, when you hear one of those and you go into the room, if you know nothing about it, you kind of get on this little machine and it's just level. And it goes pretty slow. And you're, hey, I'll pass this sucker with no problem at all. You're just kind of talking to the aide over there, whatever. And pretty soon they speed it up again. All right, if you're going to be that way, I'll look. And pretty soon you're looking at a different angle. And what's happened? Now, why in the world are they doing that? To see if your heart is healthy. Well, a test is trying to see if your faith is healthy. You see, God allows them. It's kind of a stressor. Write this down. It'll make a lot of sense to you. Trials 
They test our faith. Trials test our faith. It is the exercise spiritually. In the middle of what I'm going through, can I actually trust God that it's going to be good? So the gymnasium is life. That's where our tests come. In life, we're on the stress test all the time. There's all kinds of stuff coming to your life. See, this is for you. This is for unbelievers. This is absolutely for everybody. Now, when you begin to think about that, here's what happens in a trial. I begin in that trial to see who God is. I begin to understand the character of God. But I also begin to see who I am and that I really need help. Because sometimes I don't have joy when I'm working with that. So we get to see a picture of God, who he is, and we get to see a picture of who I am. In fact, the Old Testament, Deuteronomy 8, let me read it to you. Children of Israel went 40 years in the wilderness. Notice, remember how the Lord your God led you all the way in the desert those 40 years to humble you and to test you in order to know what was in your heart, whether or not you would keep his commands. You see, joy and obedience go together. When you and I are going through a trial, Satan will often come to us, and he'll say things like this. Really? That's a God to love you're serving? Really? No kidding. I wouldn't let that happen to you. Or Satan will come to you, and you and all of us have said this. Where is God? What's up with this? He, he left me in the middle of this whatever mess. Or you're, you'll never get through this. You will never get through this. this is gonna, you might just quit right now. You just might as well give up. You're not going to get through this. And by the way, that stuff that you read in the Bible, God, God isn't going to answer you. So those are all lies. So what do I have to do? When those things come in all of our lives, I have to go back to the Word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Now, remember this. You become what you think. So I can't go, oh, yeah, yeah, I know, I know, Satan. I have to replace those lies with truth. You can't just say, no, I don't believe it. It doesn't take any more energy to believe a lie than to believe God's Word. I can live in fear or I can live in faith. So I'm going to show you just some things that happen. When, when that comes into your life, you need to have some strong faith. You need to believe these things. It comes from understanding who God is. Let me show it to him on the overhead. Here's strong, healthy faith. Satan will say to you, God's not for you. He might be for your brother or this person over here or for the pastor, but he's not for you. No, no, no. You have to believe that God is for us. He is for us. We see that in Scripture. Second, he has never left you. You have the Holy Spirit in you. God is with us. And God himself is love. He's not allowing us to go through the trial. As Satan will say, he hates you. He's trying to get rid of you. No, never. Next. Well, that promise was good for them in the Old Testament, but it's no good for you. No, all God's promises are absolutely true. And a good thing to do is get some of those promises and just quote them back to Satan. Satan, sit down. Let me, here, watch this. Blah, 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 blah. Give them to him. Now get out of my hair. See, God's word always defeats Satan's lies. And last, by the way, you have to believe this, and you'll see this this morning. God will bring us through the trial. I love the verse in the Old Testament. Joy comes in the morning. Well, would you hurry it up? He will. It just takes time. 
It just takes time. So that faith needs to get strong. It shouldn't destroy your peace. It can't destroy your joy. It gives us comfort. Now look at back at verse 3 again. I want to develop another point. Look, because you know that the testing of your faith, he's not going to test my faith for you. He's testing your faith for you. The testing of your faith develops endurance. So here's what you want to write. Our trials, here's the purpose of them. Our trials grow our faith, and strong faith eventually produces in me endurance. It means staying power. Endurance means joyful, hopeful, staying power. It simply means as I mature in my life with God, I get to the place where, okay, I'm in it for the long haul. This is a long race. I'm going to finish well. It's okay. I know there's more trials coming. And one of the themes of the whole book of James is about faith, faith in action. And what happens is James will say this, your faith is real and it will prove itself, which then means your salvation was real. Look at how Peter wrote it. This is huge. Notice this verse in 1 Peter. So be truly glad. There is wonderful joy ahead. Even though you have to, say it with me, endure. Same exact words. You, you have to stick with it. You have to stay in there. You have to stay in the stress test. Endure many trials for a while. These trials will show, now watch this, say it with me, that your faith is genuine. You see, this trial, as you go through it, when you stick with it, your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests pure gold, though your faith is more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. You see, endurance gained through trials proves my faith is genuine. Let me read to you from the book of Mark, chapter 4. It's a parable of a seed that goes into a person's heart. And and four different kind of responses, and the seed is the Word of God. So it might be like we're teaching today. And out of those four people that say they receive Christ, really only one sticks. Now here's one. Let me read it to you. The seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message, want their sins forgiven, and they receive it with, interestingly enough, joy. Wow. My sins are forgiven. It's terrific. Now watch what happens. But since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. In other words, it's an emotional experience. They never get in a Bible study. They never get to a small group. They never read their Bible. And so there's no faith ever produced. And pretty soon, that seed simply dries up. Now, look how he puts it. They fall away, proving they never were really saved, as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's word. So James writes, you going to heaven? Oh yeah, I'm going to heaven. I got saved back 32 years ago. Anything happened in your life? Nothing. You're not going to heaven. And many people today, I'll run across them and here's what they'll say to me. I said, man, I've been missing you. Oh, I tried that Christian thing. It doesn't work. It doesn't work? No, you didn't work. You didn't hang with it. Well, I know, but I came to Christ and man, there's not supposed to be any problems. What's up with that? I don't know what church you went to, but you didn't read the Bible. Of course there's problems. And I like to say to them, and I don't, but I like to, having any problems right now? Are they? Well, sure they are. They're in the world. Life happens, but they don't have God. So I want to challenge you this morning. Your faith has to be real. This isn't a game. 
That's why James is writing. These people are going to die. James is martyred for his faith. Now, probably that's not going to happen to us, but you have to understand that. Now, look at verse 4. Here's the ultimate, verse 4. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be, remember you circled this word, mature and complete, not lacking anything. So the ultimate goal of passing life's test with a positive attitude, even though it hurts, even though it's difficult, is to see myself mature. And mature simply means to be like Jesus. Watch this. Look at this. Trials. That's the way our life is. We have all, everyone has that. Well, I'm supposed to face it with joy. Now, it doesn't mean I like the trial. I don't like the trial. I don't, sometimes it's very difficult. I'm not like into it. But I know there's an outcome coming. With that, on that, on that testing comes increased faith. I believe more in God. I believe the promises of God. With that comes an endurance. Okay, it, it could get tough, but I'm going to hang in there. God has promised that he will absolutely make a way through that trial for me. And then last, I, I have maturity. I, I'm better after going through the trial than I was before because I know I can end up. When you finish and successfully pass a stress test, you get off of that thing, sweating like crazy, and the doctor says, no problems, your heart is fine. It was worth it. So spiritually, these make us healthy. So when we get off, that's the sequence that's going to happen. Now, if you replace joy with sadness, then you're going to be miserable going through them. And of course, what happens there is there's not a lot of faith. There's not a lot of endurance. And you kind of want to give up. And let me just speak about that. Maybe today you're here and you're going through a trial. And you're really a Christian, but you're angry at God. And you begun listening to those lies. It's too difficult. Where is God? He's not a loving God. What kind of a God is that? I don't want you to do that. And maybe you have a towel in your hand and you're ready to throw it in. You can throw in the towel and give up. Don't you dare do that. God knows what he's doing. You can trust him with your life. And I want you to turn to Romans 8, 28, because I think you'll begin to see the light at the end of the tunnel. Romans, in your Bible, here you are. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans. Romans, chapter 8. Verse we know well, very well. But often, when we read the verse, we don't connect it with verse 29. So I want you to connect verse 29 as well. In fact, when you, get to, when you get to Romans 8, put a little arrow from 28 to 29, a reverse arrow, both ways, both ways. You, you cannot do one of the verses without the other, and I'll get to it in a moment. So let's read verse 28. And we know that in all things, how many things? Does that mean everything? Yes. We know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Now, I want you to look at me for a moment. This verse is only for believers. This verse doesn't work for an unbeliever. And you say, well, I'm here and I'm an unbeliever. Thanks a lot. No, you need to get saved. Because, see, God isn't in charge of your life. Satan is. You say, no, he isn't. I am. <laughs> no, you're deceived. There's only two people to serve, God or Satan. And so you need to come under God because God has good for you. Do you know what Satan has for you? Steal, kill, and destroy. Doesn't look like it now, but he's a liar. He's very deceptive. So come under. Come become a Christian at the end of the service. So look at it again. This is the basic truth in the Bible. If you're a believer, 
Nothing comes into your life that hasn't first been passed by by the Heavenly Father. We already told you about that. Everything that comes into your life, God approves. Except if I disobey and go out on my own, then I'm going to suffer that consequence. So watch me. I want want you to understand this. You, You need to understand this. Our lives are not a random series of freak accidents or occurrences or circumstances. There is no such thing as good luck or bad luck in the life of a Christian. God ordains everything in our life. He doesn't control it, but he allows it. And we can either walk on that path or walk on our own path. Now, notice this verse 28. People misunderstand this. God is not saying in that verse that all things are good. Of course all things aren't good. But God is at work in his own ways and will eventually bring good out of it. And I'll show you that. So maybe you're in a a sickness this morning or a bankruptcy or a death. We were hearing Levi Lesko the other night. He talked about two years ago at Christmas. It's two days before Christmas. His little five-year-old daughter had asthma. He has asthma. And he's sitting there with her two days before Christmas, and she has a horrible attack. Well, they've been through them over and over and over again. She was never recovered. She dies in the hospital. Five-year-old. Now, you can say, that's good? That is not good. But he was able to overcome that because he knows where she's at. And he's able to understand, as he looks back at it now, that God is orchestrating that. By the way, let me just give you a little clue. When, when you run through people that have these kind of issues, the best thing you can do when you have a person that's mourning is just put your arms around them and love them. The less you say, the better. People say crazy things like, oh, I know what you're going through. You don't know what he's going through if you haven't lost a five-year-old. You have no idea. Or, well, just, just toughen up. Just, just, don't be stupid. I mean, put your arms around them and just be quiet. Say, God's with you. I'm here. Come on, just cry on my shoulder. So, remember, God knows the outcome. We don't know the outcome. Now, God will take all of those things, and eventually good's going to come from it. And I'm going to show you that. I don't really have time. There's a lot of great illustrations. I'll use a very simple one this morning. Uh, Many of you like stew. You like stew. So where you come from in the country is different kind of things go into stew. I'm going to give you an ingredient. Some of you make a stew, and you put a rutabaga in it. Anybody know what a rutabaga is? Let me see your hand. Yeah, like 12 people. Okay. How many, how about, I like turnips in your stew. How many like turnips in your stew? Okay. Hear these people? Okay. Well, depending on where you come. How, how many like okra in your stew? Let me see. Slimy okra just pours right out of the pot, makes it easy. Now, I know what kind of okra you like. It's that deep fried stuff. Get the stress test ready because you're going to be on it, baby. It's terrible. Tastes good, but it's terrible for your arteries. Friends, when your faith remains strong through trials, it'll show that your salvation is genuine. Pastor Mark used the rocky soil illustration found in Scripture to help us grasp this concept. If your faith isn't grounded in Christ and the promises contained in His Word, all you ever had was a temporary emotional experience. Remember, endurance gained through trials proves your faith is real, and faith that isn't tested can't be trusted. Maybe you're listening right now, and God has placed a certain person on your heart that needs to hear this message. Or maybe you'd like to share it with all of your friends. 
there's a simple way to share this message. Log on to Lessons for Living Radio and click on the radio program option in the main menu. There, you'll find the Lessons for Living media player. In the Messages tab, simply click on today's date. Then you can share today's message directly on your Facebook page, Twitter feed, or send a link via email. You can even embed today's message directly. Again, to share today's message with friends and family members, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Click on the radio program button, then simply click on today's date. You'll find all the options to share. Next time on Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark will teach that the ultimate goal of passing life's trials, even though they hurt, is to see yourself mature. To be a mature Christian is to be like Jesus. It's the natural outcome if we see it through. With testing and trials comes increased faith, endurance, and finally, maturity. Spiritually, trials make us healthy. Don't throw in the towel. God knows what He's doing. Trust Him with your life. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Ballmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living, and together, let's do life right. Let us hear your letter.